Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode two of Don't Wait Leap. Uh, I'm sitting here with uh, my guest this week, Frank Materia, uh, attorney in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Frank, it's great to see you. Same here. Thank you for coming to my office. And uh, you, for those who listened last week, thanks for coming back. You know, last week this is my co- was my cousin. This week, Frank and I have just known each other for about eleven minutes now. So it's gonna be an entirely different, uh, different exactly. kind of different kind of conversation. Um, so, Frank, so I really just want to start before we get to what you do now. I want to start back at the beginning. So, where'd you grow up? Uh, well, I was born in Brooklyn. Okay. I uh, moved to Italy. I lived in Italy for five years when I was a little kid. Did all my elementary education in Italy. Uh, then really? my dad didn't like Italy anymore because he was actually born in Italy. Okay. He tried it and he wanted to go back to the United <laughs> States. So in 87, we came back to the United States and we moved to uh, Bloomfield, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, and uh, that's how I grew up. So I kind of have a little bit of uh, both Italian and American. Uh, learned both languages at the same time. It was very confusing. Okay. Childhood. Yeah. Sometimes I spoke yeah. half English, half Italian. How How old were you when you lived in Italy? I was uh, six to eleven in Italy. Okay. And then I moved here when I was eleven. So. Okay. Believe it or not, right. when I moved to the United States, even though I was born in Brooklyn, I had to learn how to read and write in English. So I didn't know. I knew how to speak English, okay. but I had forgotten a lot because when you lived in Italy, I was trying to learn Italian. Okay. So when I came back, I had ESL, which was like English as a second language classes. Right. So you're born in the United States and took ESL classes in, yeah, in, when, you're, when you're 12, 13 years old. Right, okay. exactly. So then did okay. that and then fig- finally figured English out. Okay. I think I still am. Uh, but uh, <laughs> So far, so good. i got to right. tell you, you, would, you wouldn't know. <laughs> sometimes my spelling could be off. You know, I have to look at a dictionary sometimes. But that's how I did. That's yeah. I learned two languages at the same time, came back here, felt like an immigrant, even though I was born here. Okay. So I have like a little bit of that immigrant personality right uh but yeah it was a fun ride so there you go so all right so you were there so how how were the schools in italy what are, what are they like uh i lived in a little town of 600 people okay. so my school was just like a country school okay you know we went to class every day we had to uh say our prayer every day and it wasn't a, it wasn't a religious school but it's <laughs> okay. just like everyone was catholic so mm-hmm. set up prayers every morning and then you had the same teacher for everything, you know, okay. just elementary. Yeah. I mean, uh, there were some kids that would come to class. It was at 8 o'clock in the morning, and that morning they already had been up since 4 o'clock, and they were already working in the farm or something, milking cows, and then come to class. So, was, were, were you one of those people? You... No, no. <laughs> my, my family owned, owned a cafe, okay. and my dad was a cabinet maker. So okay. he made furniture. So I, I didn't live in the farm. I lived in, actually in the town. In the town, okay. So I was, I guess, spoiled that way. Oh, that, that's but, nice. yeah. but once in a while, when I used to walk to school in the morning, I would get up, I would have to cross a herd of sheep. <laughs> so, like, it was, just imagine the first, it was, I think it was probably my second week. Okay. Remember, born in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, so, I went to kindergarten in Brooklyn, started yeah. the first grade in Brooklyn, like, for only two weeks. Yeah. So, there's no sheep in Brooklyn. No, not a lot. So, I'm walking to school, climbing this hill. <laughs> And I don't know you, and then there's a herd of sheep surround you, and, and they're all around it. And, I, and, and you're six years old. And I'm six years old. I was like, "What's going on here?" You know, that, that was like my first experience. You go to school, you smell like sheep. It was just, it was, it was awful. Do you, can you wear wool now, or is that a? I can. It's not a not a thing for you. Not no, a, I got used like, to that. But you did. Like it was. Sometimes sheep would 
the hardest shape comes to the town. And so, um, anything else? You know, bears, raccoons, rabbits. No, no, there's just sheep, cows, and, and donkeys. And, and donkeys, okay. And a lot of lizards. There was a lot of lizards, and uh, that was a little freaky. Okay. You'd be in class and be like a lizard crawled up the wall. So little kids nice. are gonna are gonna panic about that. I can well, yeah. Uh, We're not Brooklyn kids, but you know. My kids, yeah. I, I hadn't seen a lizard, so it kind of scared me a little. Oh, bit. fair enough, fair enough. Uh, uh, but yeah, that I was that that was my Italy experience. So did you speak Italian before you got there, or did you have to learn Italian when you? See, my dad was born in Italy, so okay. when we lived in Brooklyn, he used to speak to us in Italian, and I would know words, and I could understand Italian, not completely. So, he would tell me to go get him a glass of water or go get me my slippers and a towel. I would be able to do that. Right. But it wasn't good enough to start go to school there. So when I went to school, they actually had a great teacher, Signora Pirri, her name was. Uh-huh. And uh, she used to give homework to the class and she used to take me to the side every day mm-hmm. and teach me how to read and write in Italian. Yeah. She wrote note cards and taught me how to read and write in Italian. I used to go to her house at night, and she tutored me, probably without, no cost, right. and she taught me how to read and write. That was right. one of the greatest teachers I've ever had in my life. And did she speak English, or was she? she did not. So no English, okay. So it was just by me a lot of, lot of Was it like flashcards? She'd show you flash a picture cards. of a lizard, say whatever. Yeah, and what happened was, is her daughter, Anna, mm-hmm. was in the same class. Okay. So she was like a bright little girl, so I she was like also like a co-tutor, so I kind of learned along... With her, actually, we're still friends on Facebook. Is she lives right? in Italy. Yeah, we, we communicate all the time. So, wow. but the, she was like a, a, a really good first, good influence of me of like instructors and teachers because she really taught me how to, how to speak Italian. Well, that and is read and write Italian. Th- that's either amazing luck or just an amazing uh, thing about teachers when it's a little of both. It, right? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, she was like a really nice, hardworking woman. She was like a mother figure. Yeah. She's just a really good, a really good teacher, and she taught me how to read and write in Italian. Yeah. And so now when you got back to the States, did you have similar experiences? No. no. Uh, when I came here, I remember it was the middle of the sixth grade. Okay. And uh, I mean, I could speak English. Not well, but I could speak English. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember being in sixth grade and they didn't know this. I don't know what happened in the paperwork. But the teacher said, okay, Frank, do this homework and write this essay down. And I told the teacher... <laughs> I don't know how to read and write it in right. English. Right. And she goes, really? Mm-hmm. So I even remember starting to cry. I was like, I don't know how to read and write in English. <laughs> but, and what happened is is that they said, oh, really? So then they uh, talked to my parents and they moved me to a different school in in the same town but had an ESL program. Okay. So I could do math. I, I could do all that. But the reading and writing was a problem. So half of my class in sixth grade, I suspended in a, English as a second language class. Got so it. I was unhooked on phonics books, okay. learning how to read and write in English. Interesting. So um, mathematically, were you ahead or behind? I was ahead. You were ahead, okay. Yeah, in Europe, math-wise, they're ahead. Okay. Because when I came here, uh, I, I remember everyone was doing like long division a certain way. I'm like, dude, we, we did all this stuff. I felt like we were already moving on to flirting with calculus. Oh wow! You know, okay, it wasn't calculus, grade, but grade, but yeah. it was really they were trying they were pushing you towards more formulas, mm-hmm. and here it was really still the basic math. So, so interesting. So it were... actually helped me out because as I was learning English, I could I don't want to say forget math, but I could leave math aside because in a way English students are trying to catch up to me. Right. So it allowed me to 
catch up with being reading and writing. So is it at any point did you think about going into a math based field? So you're yes. Okay. When I was in uh, high school, I, I was gonna. My goal was to become a doctor. Interesting. I was okay. I was gonna become an orthopedic surgeon. So what what happened? I was in college. I was in pre med program, and I I did really well in mm-hmm. bio and chemistry. It was easy. I, I loved it. Uh, but I found myself loving history. Okay. And uh, believe it or not, even loving politics. Okay. And uh, my then friend said, why are you going to go to medical school? You, you really should, you know, your history major, you like politics. I said, I mean, maybe someday I'll get into to po- right. do you, the political Do you still world. say that maybe someday I'll get into politics? Yeah, I do. Do you want to go on the record right now and declare <laughs> for something? I, well, I don't know, but <laughs> we'll see how, what life, how life being, but, uh, we'll see what happens with life, but. I remember saying, you know, that's true. And I love talking to people. Okay. Uh, I love performing. And mm-hmm. so my friend said, you know, you should think about going to law school. Yeah. So I was like, hmm. So I, much to the distress of my parents, uh, I said, you know, I don't want to become a doctor anymore. Right. I'm going to change majors. I'm a history major. Take political science courses. And I'm going to go to law school. And it's as if I told them I was going to become a murderer <laughs> or a bank robber. Okay. You know, but yeah, you know, yeah, so. some, some people do think that, you know. Yeah. I had family members who were doctors saying, oh, so when are you going to medical school? Oh, I'm not going to medical school anymore. I'm, I'm going to law school. Oh, that, why would you do that? That's awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so that's what happened. I okay. graduated. I went to Rutgers. Okay. Uh, then I graduated and went to, went to law school. Did you still graduate in four years? No, it took an extra year because I had to really. And I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. I should have. What I should have done was finish up my bio major. Okay. And I could have graduated with a double major. I should have done that. And I didn't do that. I don't know why. I don't know if it was because I was immature, but I decided to just let the science part of my life go away. Okay. And I just put it aside. Got it. And I just. Focus on history, which I always loved. Yeah. Loved history. Okay. Uh, but that's that's what happened. Is there a particular era of history, or is it just history in general? That I love American history. Okay. I, I love you know the Revolutionary War. What I really love to study is the history of how the presence of the United States became president. Okay. I, I like I like that whole uh, story, for lack of a better word. Of of how somebody, yeah. through many trials and uh, uh, curves in life, the paths that they take lead them to become a leader, become a president. Okay. And it's just like a wonderful journey that I love to study how men, because I'm fortunate that most of them have all been men so far, right. but how an individual becomes, whether they're a lawyer, a doctor, a merchant, they become a president of the United States. Okay. Like what path? life takes yeah so do you have a particular favorite of the presidents abraham lincoln okay i so love what, abraham lincoln. What, what, what about lincoln's path is so interesting what i love about lincoln's path is if you look at all many president many presidents many of them came from very privileged backgrounds okay whether they were wealthy whether they were born with a name uh they had a step up on most people. They came from a place of privilege. Mm-hmm. Yes, were they smart? Were they accomplished men? Yes, they were. But there was a lot of pedigree to their background. 
Okay, yeah. Right, so it was a most... Especially our, the first presidents, they were all involved in the Declaration of Independence. They were all involved in the Revolutionary War. So they were celebrities, in a sense, in the new America. You know, So they were popular people. So it's like, gee, yeah. Uh, okay. George Washington, the winning general of the Revolutionary War, it sort right. of makes sense that he's become the first president. Right. You know, you had John Adams. He was a great attorney in Boston. He was a, a big leader during the Revolutionary War. So sort of makes sense that he's going to become president. You have Thomas Jefferson, the guy who wrote the Declaration (laughs) of Independence. You know, so a lot of it makes sense. And where's Abraham Lincoln? He was a man who, whose father was a farmer, uh, did not grow up in wealth. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, his mom. Did he have to walk past sheep to get to school, you think? He may have. (laughs) Uh, He actually, what makes Abraham Lincoln great, which first makes me just, I don't want to say worship him, but he's my idol. Okay. Is because he pretty much went to one year of school his entire life. Is that right? I didn't yeah. know that. He's a self, and if you ever read, if you ever go to a library, a library or a bookstore, mm-hmm. there are endless books about Abraham Lincoln's writings, about his speeches, which mm-hmm. he wrote okay. all of himself, letters, very poetic. A man who was self-taught, he taught himself. He yeah. taught himself how to be a lawyer. He never went to law school. Interesting. And he, he's a man who lost his mother. Uh, he was raised by his father, who supposedly didn't like him, and his father's stepmother, I think that she passed away. He had a sister who he loved. She passed away. This is a man that dealt with many heartaches in his youth. Mm-hmm. A man who dealt with a lot of failure yeah. in, his, in his youth. Yeah. Uh, he had a, a lot of uh, heartache. And somebody who said a famous quote once to his best friend, and he said, uh, you know, nobody knows that I've lived. You know, nobody knows that I've lived yet. Because his friend is wondering, are you going to be okay? Right. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to be okay because nobody knows that I've lived yet. Like, he had an inner ambition okay. that he knew he was destined for greatness. Okay. And he was, like self, he was a, pretty much a self-made man okay. by the law. He was yep. somebody who was just a, uh, somebody who became an attorney on his own, just read the books, stood for the bar. Uh, somebody who, when he became nominated to the presidency, people said, you guys made a backwoods attorney, president of the United States. Nobody ever will ever want, and no decent man yeah. would ever want to be president after him. That's, well, what, they, that's what people said. Why was he, that? Because, because he was an, uh, not a well-known person. Okay. His, you know, his, his suits were a little wrinkled. You know, his suits are short because he was so tall and he didn't get, he didn't know what I mean. So he no was custom tailors. No custom tailors. So he was right. a man that was, came from a, a modest background mm-hmm. and he became the president. But that, his life of yep. being, dealing with heartache, being self-made, gave him the tools to deal with the, the Civil War. Because right. what's the most dark, what could be the darkest time of a, of a history of a country, a civil war? Yeah. And when most people are saying, perhaps we should just make a peace with the South, give them what they want, let's just break up the nation. He said no. Yeah. He stood in the darkest times, mm-hmm. and he was able to weather those trials and tribulations because of his background. He's yeah. somebody who had a lot of empathy towards things. Like, he literally wrote letters to people who lost children in the Civil War. I mean, he wrote a letter to a woman, Miss Bixby, 
who yeah. lost five sons in the Civil War. And he personally wrote her a letter saying, you know, I, I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. He says, there's nothing that I can say that can assuage you right. of the love lost. Yeah. You know, and he, he was just like a, an amazing person. So when you look at him, are there are there things that you try to emulate or things that inspire you? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, so I mean, like what? Like, for example, I passed the bar exam. I studied it on my own. Like, I didn't take a course. I just used old books, and I just took the bar exam. Okay. Uh, I don't come from a, a well-known family. I uh, couldn't get a job. I mean, I, I worked with a, a judge as an internship, then worked in a small little boutique firm. Uh, that ended, and there was a while I couldn't get employment because being attorneys, there's a lot of people looking for jobs as an attorney. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said to myself, nobody's going to tell me whether or not I could practice law. You know, I sent out, Bill, if I tell you I, I sent out well over 500, maybe even 800 resumes, mm-hmm. I did. I have yeah. a stack of probably, I would say, maybe three inches high of just resumes that I sent out. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple of interviews, never got a job. And I remember I sat, I sat in my room. I said to myself, I want to be a lawyer. And if nobody's going to hire me, yeah. who, why should they decide, someone who never met me, who's judging me on an 8 by 11 piece of paper, yeah. whether or not I could practice law? I right. said Abraham Lincoln went on his own. Mm-hmm. He was a no-name person. He opened up his own practice. I said, I will open up my own practice. I will sink or swim, and I'll do it on my own. And if I, I will decide whether or not I won't practice law. It won't be anybody else but me. Okay. So that's why I opened up my own practice. And how long ago was that? I opened up my practice. Uh, I've been in here, I would like... I'll say July 15th of this year. Of this year, okay. Uh, so of you're, 2016. Uh, yeah, so you're eight months in, something right. like that. I mean, I started in April, but April, what happened is, is that when you go to law school, they don't teach you how to practice law in the sense how to run a business. Okay. They just teach you how to think like a lawyer. Okay. You know, how to pick out an issue, how to write a memo of law, how to, how to write a letter, how to dissect, how to research how to dissect the law, how to argue, make an argument on paper, but they don't teach you how to practice law. That's something that you have to figure out on your own. So what happened is, because I really don't have, I don't have a dad who was a lawyer, right. I went to seminars, mm-hmm. I read books, okay. I read a book on how to manage a law firm. Okay. And self-taught again. Self-taught. Yeah. And I, were like, I studied all of the things that I need to open up my own practice. So I started in April with that. I got my bank accounts because you need like a trust account. You need an operating account. Learned how those two work. Like, you know, in the trust account, you put monies that are not yours, that are of the client. You know, can't touch that money. Money earned goes into the operating account. Oh, my God. We'll give you a headache. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the ethics behind being an attorney, which they barely touch in law school. You take an ethics course, right. but then there's a lot more to ethics they need to know in the real world being an attorney. Okay. I learned that. I learned all of the equipment that I need to practice law, the books that I need to buy, the phone system. Yeah. Uh, I realized that I can't afford, because I had no income, 
I couldn't afford a, a large office. Right. And have a file system. So, and I'm not a technology person. I said, I said what am I going to do? Well, let me get a cloud-based legal software management system. And there are those. So I researched the one that suits me best, and I got yep. a company. I don't want to give them a free uh, publicity. <laughs> free plug. Because it yeah. cost me a little too much money per, per month. <laughs> but uh, so I did, I have that. I learned how to do that. I even decided, well, am I going to need a fax system? So I even got a voice over the internet protocol. Okay. So I have a phone line and a paperless fax. Okay. So, so then it goes right into your email. It goes right into my email. Perfect. I email it and it comes out in a fax at the other end. Okay. So I did all of that stuff. I, I researched how to get a website. Mm-hmm. I interviewed website companies and okay. I got myself a website. I, uh, did you design it yourself or did you get a designer? No. I, I, what I did is I, I got this company who deals with law firms from oh, solo okay. law, lawyers, like which I am, to all the way to large law firms. Okay. So the guy was great, the salesperson. Uh, they designed it, but I was involved in, I drafted, if you go on my website, the attorney philosophy, I wrote that. Like what the philosophy okay. is that I believe in practice in law. Yeah. Um, the bio I wrote, all that stuff is mine okay. that I drafted. And then they designed it, they put you know the buzzwords in order to, because uh, yeah. I, I right. They no make idea. it pop up on but, but that, I did. Yeah. Yeah. But when I before I got this website, I said, well, let me tinker with it. So what I did is I went, you know, GoDaddy.com. Sure. So I, I said to myself, heck, you know what? Well, let me just design my own website. <laughs> so I got myself, you know, the website name, the domain, yeah. like www.materiallaw.com. Yeah. So I did that at free publicity. Thank you. There so, you go. so I actually designed my own website. Yeah. And do you know some of my friends liked it? <laughs> they go, okay. Frank, this is great. Yeah. But then I went with the company and I had my own website for... So in April, I had my own website from April like, to May while this company was dra- org- designing yeah. my website. So when you look at the new versus the old, like, what do you think? Uh, you know, the new one is professional. It, it pops. You know, it, uh-huh. I learned that, you know, you can go through... You know, you can type it in your cell phone yeah. and the website will come up. I learned that... When you look at a website mm-hmm. on a computer screen, it looks one way. Right. And then when you look at it on your cell phone, it has a different configuration. Yep. I didn't know that. So then I learned they had to pay a little extra, and what they do is they configure the website so it becomes user-friendly. Oh, on a, what device you're on. On a yeah. device. On. So I was like, look at that. Yeah. So I learned all these things. So they don't teach you any of that in law school. So probably from April to... Uh, July, I was renting office space uh, where my mom works in an advertising firm. Okay. The owner loves me. And he loves the fact that I went he loves my story that I'm self-made. And yeah. He goes, you know what, Frank? I can't give you an office space forever. He goes, yeah. but why don't you dab your feet into practicing law, get yourself organized. I'll rent you uh, an office in my building for a dollar a month. So I said, I'll I'll take it. But I knew it was very limited. And then, and while I learned and got my law firm uh, off the ground, pretty much, I would say the foundations of it: the accounts, the website, the phone number, uh, the areas of law that I'd want to practice, uh, joining groups. Okay. Because I'm an unknown entity. Nobody sure. knows who I am. Who's Frank Materia? I don't know. Right. You know, I think sometimes I ask my family who's Frank Materia. They go, I don't know who Frank Materia is. <laughs> uh, so yeah. what I did is I joined many organizations. 
Okay. Like what kind of organization? I joined the Lions Club. Okay. Uh, from the Lions Club, uh, and actually what happened is I joined the Lions Club. I went to the bank to open up my accounts, and I met people, and I met the vice president there, and he said, you know, Frank, you should join the Lions Club. I'm part of the Lions Club. Uh, the great bunch of people, mm-hmm. uh, warm, and I love people. He goes, and we do charity work. Okay. For and we help like the, we help people who are visually impaired. So we raise money and we donate to various like the CNI Dog mm-hmm. uh, Foundation. We donate to all these C- uh, visually impaired groups. So yeah. it's actually a wonderful cause. So yes. I network, but also I do something good for the community. Yeah. From there, I even met I met Dan. Yeah. Met your cousin Dan, and uh, he then got me into Rotary. So then I joined the Rotary. Mm-hmm. Then from Rotary, I joined the United Way. Okay. Uh, United Way, I've joined Unigo because I'm an Italian. Because you're Italian. And now you get that's to get right. Hey, you know, that's a prerequisite. Check that, box, Check right? that one off. I'm there. <laughs> so, and I joined all these groups. And what happens is, I know you could say, well, Frank, you joined these groups because you want to advertise yourself. And that's true. Mm-hmm. But I also made a lot of friends. Yep. You know, you, you get to talk to people. You become part of a community. Mm-hmm. And as much as you can have a website, sure. you can have a phone number, you can design, I, and I designed and printed out and purchased a thousand mm-hmm. business cards. You can yep. hand those all out. Yep. I go to lawyers networking events. Mm-hmm. The best networking and business thing is meeting people. Yep. Shaking people's hands, having dinner with them, having a cocktail at an event, and they get to know the person. And I've noticed that when you do that, when they have a legal problem, that's when your phone rings. Because they know you. They already know you. They say, hey, Frank. Uh, For example, I have a woman who who I know at one of these groups. She was having a problem. And she said, Frank, I'm having a problem with my tenant. Uh, Could you help me uh, evict them? And I had never done an eviction before. So I said, okay, I'll okay. help you. So I, I purchased a book on landlord-tenant, yep. studied the book, and I took care of that. Okay. So And, and that's how it happens. If somebody asked me, uh, you know what, I, I really want a will done, Frank. Okay. Uh, do you know how to do that? So I said, uh, I'll learn. Okay. So I purchased a book, right. studied how to do wills and estates, yep. and I do that now. So now, that's it's word of mouth is better than any website. Yeah, all that. And then what I realized is the website and all those things are just to market yourself to make you legitimate in the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really bring you what it's supposed to bring you. It's still the old fashioned way yep. of shaking hands, breaking bread with people, yep. and just being part of the community. And that's how you make yourself. Uh, you grow in a business. That's how you do it. It's that old-fashioned. Right. Well, I would, I would assume, especially in a case, if you're coming to a lawyer looking for someone you can trust, so someone you've met before versus someone who happened to pay the most to be at the top of the search listings, you know, has to be a major differentiator. Yeah. Yeah. And I get calls all the time from solicitors saying, oh, hi, I've noticed that you have a website. You know, we can make your website better. Yeah. And then so we're, you know, if you pay us, it's $500,000 a month or $700,000 a month, which I don't know where you get that money from. <laughs> right. Uh, we will make sure, we will guarantee you that we will have you, we'll bring at least five divorce cases to your practice per month. 
sounds great, but I don't have that money because right now I just started. Right. And the dollars that go out yep. and running my right. – and the dollars that I currently have coming in don't make much sense. So I can't afford all that. Because yep. when you start a business, the first few years, it's the monies that go out right. are larger than the monies that come in. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so when you do that, so um, – so how do you decide? How do you decide that this is the this is the dollar I'm going to spend that's going to actually bring me back three, or five, or whatever? What I've done, and again, I, I'm not a was not a finance major. Uh, but you do like math. We know this. I do like math, but <laughs> yeah. What what I did was is I, I came up with a tentative amount of money. Like I looked at what my rent is, mm-hmm. my phone bill. My, like I told you before, my uh, software management system. Yeah. Uh, my professional liability insurance. Mm-hmm. All these things I learned. BOP insurance. Like you could say. BOP insurance? Yeah, they call it BOP insurance. It's like okay. property owner something. I, I don't okay. know exactly what it means, but my insurance book keeps using BOP. And okay. what it pretty much is, is, I'll put it this way. BOP insurance is insurance on your office. So, for example, see how you came to my office today? Right. And it's. I see outside. Yeah. So if you would have fallen outside and broken your ankle, yeah. and you would have sued me, I have insurance to protect me from that. Okay. So if somebody comes to my office, a client, they fall, trip on the hallway, it's a coverage from liability uh, from people getting hurt in my premises in my office. Got it. So I didn't know that. So I learned that I needed that. Yeah. So, and all these are all expenses Yeah. that you have to have. Like professional liability insurance, technically... As a solo, I don't need it. Okay. If I had another attorney, I would need it. Yeah. But if you, I don't need it as a solo, but you do have insurance. Because guess what? If they sue you, it's out of your own pocket. Right. So I got myself professional liability insurance. Yeah. So you have to pay for that. Okay. So you have all of these expenses. Mm-hmm. So I see how much that is a month. Uh, and like, for example, I got that call hey, why don't you hire, get our services for $500 a month and can't afford that. Right. Because I look at my monies out and the monies that are coming in. And right now, as you struggle to get clients, you say, well, I only have X amount of clients coming in, this many billable hours, this many invoices out. Yeah. I can't afford that. Right. And you're you're not billing for, I bought a book to learn about wills. No, no. You're you're billing for work on the wills part, but not the... And if you turn around and see those books, there's over $2,000 worth of books right there. And by the way, just so you guys know, I'm looking at about nine books for yeah. two grand, right? Oh, yeah. so. It's it's amazing amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and and you need them. Like, I need the court rules book. Yeah. And I had one for 2016, but guess what? I had to buy one for 2017 because they changed the court rules. So that, yeah. that book is a lot of money. Yeah. But I need it. Yeah. I need the new uh, ethics Newly attorney ethics for 2017. You, I need all these things. So these are all monies that I have to take an account for. Yep. So I have to be very judicious of other monies that I spend. I also have to then, when I have a client, I send my invoices out, and I made this a personal preference, on the 15th of the month. I picked the 15th of the right. month. Okay. So what I did was I send them out, and, you know, clients don't pay right away sometimes. Even right. clients that love the work I've done. Yeah. It doesn't mean like they pay it right away. And are you sending them a paper bill? I do. What happens is... Are you using a website to do that or any of that stuff? Right? What I do is my office management system. 
okay. creates a professional invoice. And that's okay. the reason why I chose this company. Yeah. So it breaks it down, like my hourly rate, uh, my expenses, like postage or mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Yeah. And I put that all down. I mean, it looked very professional. So I looked like a big mid-sized law firm, but right. I'm a little guy with, one, you see, one room yep. and a laptop yep. and, a, and, a, and, a, and a printer. Yep. But it gives the appearance that I'm very, have a, all of this backing of like all of this documentation, like an accounting system. But yep. it's me. Okay. Uh, so I send the invoice out and either an older client, you would mail it. If they don't, older right. clients don't, don't use email. Right. But this program, I could print one out. I sign it. I write a letter of thank you. I even explain in a little letter. I say, you know, this is the billing so far. Thank you again for choosing the law office of Frank Janeteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say, I thank you so much. And I sign the invoice. I mail it to them or I email it to them. And then, you know, I, d- I did a, a commercial leasing for, for somebody who knew mm-hmm. me. I've never done commercial leasing before. Okay. So I learned how to do commercial <laughs> leasing. Uh, and I did this great lease. I got out the 20 page lease. Okay. But it was a company. So I sent the invoices. Great. It was like instant satisfaction. Yeah. Emailed the PDF of the invoice. Yeah. Got the check the next day. Perfect. That's perfect. All right. You, you know, more clients like that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you know, but when you do it like, pers- you know, just yeah. people, they sometimes, I don't know if they have to, and I don't charge that much. I'm actually very. Uh, mod, can, I, can I ask you what your hourly rate is? is yeah, it's two twenty five an hour. Okay, and uh, two twenty five an hour, and I have a philosophy, and I even tell new clients who come in here, potential clients, because mm-hmm. I'm an initial consultation. I don't charge for that, yep. and that's not even. And I don't like to call it consultation. It's mostly an interview. Yeah, that's my term. Like you're interviewing me. Yep. to see if you want to hire me as your attorney. Yep. Right. So it's an interview. Right. So I have many little interviews yep. to see if somebody wants to hire me. Mm-hmm. I tell them, I am not going to get rich on one client. Right. That's not how it works. So Bill, if you ever hire me, I'm not saying, you know, Bill. So I'm going to charge you for every paper that I print out. Yeah. For every conversation you, for every time you call me. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not going to hit the clicker, which I could. I right. could hit a timer on my computer software program, right. and it'll break up my hourly rate for the hour for every minute that we talk on the phone. I don't do that. Okay. I don't charge for every single phone call. I don't charge for every single email that I send out. I yeah. Okay. Because I'm not going to get rich. Is that, is that typical? No. That, no. Okay. But I that's how I want to do it. Yeah. Because I'm new. Uh, I haven't been in business for that long, mm-hmm. and I believe for the first few years. I have to do good work yep. at an affordable rate and price. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, I have to leave my clients feeling satisfied that they got very high quality professional legal services yep. at a good rate. So that then, guess what they do? Yep. Refer me to other people. Right. And that's how I, that's, that's the business. That's sort of build it. So I could charge somebody more money. And they may be left satisfied with my professional services, but they may say, gee, you know, it was a little costly, right. so maybe I won't refer or, them. Or Frank Nickel and Dime. Like, they'll never right. say that because I don't do n- that. there's no nickels and dimes. I don't nickel and dime people. Yep. Uh, so, and that's what you have to do. When you're a new business, you have, you have to create the goodwill. Because right. goodwill eventually becomes very valuable. It, it matters uh, the work that you do. 
because a lay person doesn't know exactly how good of a job you're doing as an attorney, right? They right. look at how much money they spent and whether they feel satisfied. Right. You know, they may not look at the letter that you wrote and say, this is a beautifully <laughs> written letter. Right. But if they read the letter, you gave them the information, and then they get a bill, an invoice that says, oh, that letter cost me $75. Right. They don't care how well that letter is written. They're going to say, that letter cost me $75. He charged me $75 for that letter. Yeah. Which you could. I mean, you end up yeah. writing a letter and proofreading it. That could cost money. I don't do yeah. that. Like, if I write a letter and I charge somebody, yeah. I don't charge them for the proofreading of it. And that's, okay. I stop the timer. Okay. Yeah, I don't... I really don't nickel and dime anybody. Okay. Because it's important for me to create goodwill. And so you're pretty early at this. So are you still in this phase where you are get your clients or most people that you've met directly, or have you gotten to the referral? I mean, for referrals take time. So have you gotten to the referral stage yet, or is it? What happens is I did. What hap- uh, I have gotten some referrals. Okay. Uh, I um, I'm doing a will for somebody. And I was at a Super Bowl party, and this person told me, he goes, oh, uh, so I don't want to say the names of the people sure, please. Uh, because of confidentiality. Uh-huh. And they said, oh, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, so-and-so yep. were extraordinarily impressed with you, so can I have your business card? I would also like it well done. So... Fantastic. They get, so yeah. that was a referral. And were Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so at the Super Bowl party? or They, they were. Oh, they they were, were hosting okay. the Super Bowl party. Oh, okay. Nice. And then they also said, oh, this is the young attorney that we've talked very really highly about. Uh-huh. Uh, he is located in Upper Montclair. People goes, oh, yes, we heard so much about you. Yeah. It, it, it's starting. You know, yeah. the referral great. Yeah. starts. And I even, uh, I uh, do municipal work, meaning I do uh, tr- ticket violations, traffic, speeding tickets. Uh-huh. And... Uh, a friend of mine got a four-point speeding ticket in oh, my place. Okay. So what? It, now, what is a four-point speed? Is that like seventy-five and a twenty-five? No, it was, uh, what is that exactly? It, it it was over twenty miles over an hour. It was like okay. over. I saw she so was doing. 15 to 25 she was like fifteen to twenty or something like that. But okay. it was four-point ticket. Okay. And uh, that was my first municipal court. Yep. So I told my friend, and it was actually my first case in this office. Okay. So I opened up on the 15th of July here. Yeah. Uh, my friend came in on, I think it was the 20th. Okay. <laughs> so she came up. She goes, oh, what a beautiful office. And, uh, she, and She's I very said, kind. Yeah. She, it, I, I, I like my office. Uh, so uh, she, uh, she came in and I said, you know what? I'm not going to charge you. Okay. Uh, I said, I want to get the experience. Uh, I'll do a few for free. Mm-hmm. I said, on one condition. I said, I'll, I'll do all the work. I'm going to treat you as if you were a stranger that I do not know you. Yep. And she goes, okay. I said, I'm going to send you all of the paperwork. I'm going to send you, I'm going to give you a retainer yep. letter for you to sign to hire me. Yep. Uh, I'm going to send you all the documentation, like letters. Okay. Thank you for choosing the law officer, Frank Janitira. And I said, I just want to get practice with you. Right. I go, we'll go to court. Yeah. Uh, and I will, I'm going to beat this ticket. <laughs> Right. Uh, I'm going to get you zero points as best as I could. Mm-hmm. So she goes, great. Uh-huh. So we went to court. Uh, I got her zero points. There you go. And uh, what she did is she wrote me a review. Okay. Is there a, like a, is there a, like a Yelp for lawyers? Or no, what happened is, is that I have, uh, she did it on Google because I'm a Google my business. So if you type okay. in the law office of Frank J. Materia, yeah. 
Like you on the side of right, Google. Right, like, right. You get the yeah, so rate. she yeah. Okay. did a review for me there. Yeah. And she, I'm on avo.com and she did a review for me there. Nice. Because I did good work. And yeah. I, I was in court and my policy is uh, because when, let's say, let's use municipal court for example. When you're in court, you're on the record, right? It's, it's right. being recorded. Yep. So she was my friend, and of course she's happy with getting zero points, right? <laughs> right. So why would she not be happy? Right. So I remember I went there, and the judge said, okay, so uh, uh, you pleaded to this, so we agreed to that with the prosecutor, uh, just pay at the counter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, Your Honor, I said, thank you, Your Honor, and I said, but uh, with deference to the court, I would, love, I would like if you would, on the record, Ask my client whether there, whether or not she is satisfied with her legal representation. Okay. Of today. Yeah. So the judge said, "Of course, counselor." Uh huh. He looked at my client, <laughs> who was my friend, and he said, "Ma'am, are you uh, happy? Are you satisfied with your uh, legal representation today?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "Yes, Your Honor." And the judge said, "You should be. He just got you zero points." I say he's a damn good lawyer. <laughs> That's not bad so, for a first uh, right. first visit, right? Yeah. Nice. So I mean, and, and what I did is. I learned how to then advertise that. I'm on Facebook. Yeah. So then I advertised on Facebook. I said, I just came back from Minnesota court. Yeah. I got my client a four-point ticket. I got it dropped down to zero points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people say, oh, that's great. I didn't know you were an attorney. So it's right. like all of that advertisement that I learned how to do. Nice. I was, you know, this is like the equivalent of the dollar bill that people put up when they have a, a restaurant, right? Yeah. So she's your first dollar bill. But she didn't pay. She didn't pay. But effectively, though, right? So she is the... So, right, because the person who pays the dollar bill, they're not earning that either because it's sitting on a wall somewhere. Right. Not but my first them. check, <laughs> the first check that I earned was for that commercial leasing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I, I put that money directly into my operating account. Yeah. But I did make a copy of the check. <laughs> it, it's at home. I don't have it it's hanging on It's not hanging on the wall. Look no, at, I don't have it just court, because yeah. of attorney client privilege. Oh, right, I wouldn't yeah, want yeah. the That's person's true. name. Like a, yeah. but, but I do have it saved in the file. So. Uh, very nice, and, and that's and that's how that's how I'm learning as I go along. Every every client that I have is a new experience for me right now. Yeah. So I'm learning how to be the law office of Frank Janitoria because I am the law office of Frank Janitoria. Right. So so you are so so you're running your own social media. You're running you're running everything for yourself. I do it all. So help the people who are listening in who now want to hire Frank Janitoria. Are you on you're on Facebook? Is I'm it, on Facebook. Is there, you have a, you have a you have your a, a business page as well as your personal no, page? No, but people have told me I should do that. Right now, I just have a personal page, okay. which is Frank Materia. Yep. So you should definitely do that. That's, I'm going to do that. That's, that's my next. nickels worth of free advice. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, and right. I just opened up Facebook. I was never on social media, never, ever. Okay. I didn't like it, but I just did it just because of my law. Smarter than most of yeah. us, yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. So are you on anything else? Or you're on I'm on avo.com. Okay. And that's what is says, avo? I haven't heard that one before. Avo.com is a... You don't. I don't pay for it, and you wouldn't pay for it as someone who's looking for a lawyer. So okay. what happens is, like, you need a lawyer. You can post a question, for example, and say, "Oh, I, you know, I got a speeding ticket in Newark. Mm-hmm. Uh, what should I do to beat the ticket?" So then attorneys will answer your questions. That could be publicity, right? But you can also say, "Gee, I need an attorney for a slip and fall." So you could type in "slip and fall." Uh, in northern New Jersey or whatever town, yep. and it'll give you a list of attorneys. Yeah. So I'm on that. Uh, I'm on avo.com. I have my website, which is www.materiallaw.com. Okay. Uh, and and, you, and I, one thing I noticed when I was spelling that, so it really looks like the word material and then A-W. Yeah, right? ex- so exactly, exactly. Okay, so it's www.materiallaw.com. Dot com. Okay, got it. And so you're licensed in New Jersey? Just in New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. 
Um, but anywhere in New Jersey, right? Because this is not my area of expertise. So the whole state of New Jersey. Okay. And now, would you say, is there any major differences that you're aware of between someone in North Jersey or South Jersey? I mean, the only thing is, what you the only thing is that what you learn is, the law is going to be the same. The only thing that will change is, as you, which I'm still learning how to do because I'm new. You have to learn the different dish, the different uh, county courts. Okay. Let's use municipal court because I use that as an example. Yeah, every municipal court is a little different. For example, the municipal court in Montclair is going to work a little different than the municipal court in Nutley. Just a little different. I mean, the yeah. law is the law, but they have like different. Uh, maybe procedural things of how they want their paperwork or or even how the judge acts or works or what the prosecutor is willing to uh, negotiate with you. You know, so you have to learn all of those things. So every court is going to be just a little different. And if you go to Superior Court, which is all the same, but you have to learn each judge because it's always a human being. So there may be some little quirks they have to learn of each judge, like what... You know, a judge may not want may want you to be very very formal. A judge may not want you to do any arguing with the other counselor. Okay. So you have to learn all of those little nuances. Then that you just learn by practicing law. Okay. And so okay, so then so if you want to reach you, your phone number here is nine seven three 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 seven two two seven three. Correct. Right. So would you say you're getting when your when your folks are coming out? Are they more calling you? They do they show up at the office? Like how how is? I'm by way? appointment. Okay. I'm by appointment. So. You, you have to call and you set up an appointment and then uh, that's how it works. Or gotcha. some people send me an email via the website because on the website you could, there's a contact a page and you okay. can either call or you uh, send an email that then that gets rerouted to my office email. And then I either answer it or call you if you just whether some people want to be emailed, some people rather be called and okay. then we set up an appointment. Got it. So is there... Do you cover all areas of law? Is there anything you don't cover? Uh, I'm right now. I'm a general practitioner, okay. so I, I, I would say I cover a, a lot of areas. Right now, I, I'm not covering criminal law, which someday I would love to. Okay. Uh, I don't do. Uh, I'm not doing really any personal injury cases. Okay. Because personal injury, I would have to put upfront money in hiring experts, investigating, and I don't have the. The capital to do that, so I don't. Yeah. I don't do those. I would refer those cases. So right now, because I'm new, and one great thing about being your own boss is I get to pick and choose the cases that I want to do. Yeah, and the ones that I I feel not comfortable handling, I will spend time with that with that person on the phone, yeah. and I will refer them or I will find them an attorney that would handle that. Okay, so great. So let's just tick off a few if we, if it's okay. So sure. so far we've covered. Kind of speeding tickets, municipal court. Right. We heard wills. We heard commercial leases. Yeah. Are there other? Give me some residential other. leases. Okay. Uh, landlord tenant uh, evictions, uh, matrimonial divorces. Okay. Uh, and then I'll say general. If there's anything else that comes my way that I could do, I'll do. Okay. I mean that's. Uh, I mean I would do. Uh, I would even do and. I would say. Uh, estate administration mm-hmm. which would be uh, once a person passes away they need an attorney sometimes in order to uh, help break down their will to get the assets to the beneficiaries I would sure. do that okay uh, I would handle uh, I actually handled for one person 
uh, I negotiated a, a settlement with a contract, which I don't have that on my website, but I did that. So that's, I, I, that's I'll say I'm general because somebody could call me. I say, no, I can handle that case. And that's what I'll do. So, but I won't right now just because of where I'm located in, in Upper Montclair. I don't do criminal law. Got it. Okay. Well, good. Well, let me ask this. So, uh, there's one segment we do every week, which is called the pivotal moment, which is the uh, the moment in your business that changed the trajectory, uh, hopefully for the better. Um, is there anything so far that you've had happen that you'd say has kind of really sprung you forward? You know, I think I'm still at the uh, phase that I'm, I'm just starting. I, have, I don't think I've achieved that yet. Okay. But I do, what I feel is that it's about to happen. Okay. That I think because I'm doing all like this groundwork with all these community organizations, yeah. I feel I'm, I'm at the point where I'm about, I'm, at, I'm about to reach the obstacle where I'm going to make that leap that a lot of clients will come in. Okay. I'm not there yet, but I, I just feel the momentum building. Okay. I don't know if it's a false feeling. I don't know that yet. Yeah. Maybe we can have a later interview someday. And, uh, maybe <laughs> we'll a year back from now. Year, I'll say, I'll say yeah. hey, you know, things are going great. <laughs> but, but I just feel something is changing. Okay. Uh, because, I, like, like I said, I really started since July 15th. But I feel momentum building. Feel momentum building. Right, so you feel like more more folks are coming in, just a little... Or more folks, more. not even coming in, but more folks asking for my contact information. Okay. Said, so, you know, oh, uh, so-and-so uh, said uh, they met you. Uh, can I have a business card? Uh, and I've noticed that that's starting to uh, happen, that people are interested in knowing where I'm located, uh, yeah. want to know what I do. And I, and I see that that's happening. Okay. So, will it bring in business, actually paying clients? I don't know. But the only thing I know is that it's going to take time. So, I'm at the point, because it's new, yeah. I'm at a point that it's not going to happen tomorrow. Right. I have to be really patient. Right. It's, it's going to take a couple of years. Yeah. So, this may work out great. This, this may end up being a success but it, it may not so I don't know that yeah it's like that unknown of what will happen and and it's fun it's exciting but it's also a little scary sure so all right you're eight months in so you're you're still very much in that growth period right. of right lay the foundation start building up those referrals and and get your name out there and so I mean so far so we're about 45 minutes into this conversation like I would hire you. Really? You should know that. I would hire you. Fortunately, you don't have... Well, why don't you go, go, <laughs> you do something bad? You can go speed. There's ice outside. Go, ice speed out. go, go hit something. Go make donuts in the public room. And we'll take it from <laughs> well, there. Well, donuts should be pretty easy today. Right. Yeah. Very, little, there's definitely some fish talent going on. Very easy. Um, it seems like, again, snow, snow everywhere this, uh, these days. So uh, I'm going to go towards... Uh, I call it the speed round, although I don't know how fast it is. So let me go to the back to your very beginning. You said your dad... Was a cabinet maker. Yes. You, and you worked in the he worked in the cafe also. Was that the deal? Or you no, no. He he had his own shop. Okay. He used to build kitchens, doors, and windows. So, so he was entrepreneurial. Yes. Right. So it was my family. They and owned the cafe. They, right. My my grandfather, my dad's father, he was a shoemaker. 
He had people who worked with him to make shoes. Mm -hmm. He opened up a bed and breakfast that then transformed into this cafe, uh, which was in my family for over 50 years. So yeah, there's like a have your own business sort of a thing in my family. So did you have as a kid, did you, you know, the classic, did you have a lemonade stand? Did you have your own businesses as a kid? No. (laughs) But when I was a little, no, no, I never did. Uh, But I was always around... Like when I lived there, I was always around my family who had their own business. Mm-hmm. So I became very familiar with the idea that it's up to you to make the money. Like you don't have a boss that gives you a check at the end of the week. Yep. You have to work in order for you to get that money because you have to serve clients, customers, and so on and so forth. So I, I, I learned that as a little kid. Okay. Good. All right. So tell me now. Tell me what your typical day is like now. Well, I wake up and I say, why me? No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and I, so I wake up. I wake up early in the morning, uh, actually around 4 o'clock. I exercise. I think about my day. I uh, get to work early, check email, uh, work on whatever I have to work on for a client, either respond to an email of a client, research something for a client, get back to what a client asked me. Because I always try to get back within a very reasonable time. Yep. And because I'm new... And I don't have people breaking my door down because they want to uh, hire me. Yep. I network. I go to all my group meetings. I, uh, for example, a Rotary. I was put in charge with uh, to purchase books for third graders in our school district. Okay. So I was in charge of that. So I run that. Is that in Montclair or is that in Bloomfield? Bloomfield. In Bloomfield. Okay. Uh, and uh, I also run. Now, because I did such a great job with the book donation, yeah, they put me in charge of a golf outing for Rotary, okay, to raise money in order to pay for all these books and for other uh, benevolent thing that we want to do. When when is the golf outing? It's June seventh, okay, at Farmstead. Okay. So I'm in charge of, of, of organizing the whole thing because I did such a great job at the at the book donation. Good for me. I'm in charge. <laughs> you did a great job. Right. Here's five more things to do. Right. That's, That's yeah. pretty much what happened. And uh, <laughs> even in United Way, I'm part of United Way, I opened up my big mouth and said, uh, oh, we should come up with new uh, creative ways how to raise money in United Way. Okay, Frank. <laughs> well, why don't you set up a committee in order to come up with these new ways? Oh, so okay. I'm in charge of that. Okay. So um, I was in, put in charge of a committee in Lions Club to... Yeah. To make our uh, one of our better uh, fundraising nights called Nag Night. It's called race. No, it's called Night with the Nags, and it's like the horse racing. Oh, okay. So a it's horse what, nag, not a horse nag, nag right? Yeah. So what happens is like these little little wooden horses, and you roll the dice, and you move the horses, okay. like spots, and like you. I think you, I've played that game at Seaside. Yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we invented it. So, right. but you know, and people gamble, and we raise myself because I'm an attorney. I was kind of put in charge to review the paperwork in order for us to get a gambling license. Okay. So I have like a lot of other things that I do during the day that have nothing to do per se with practicing law. Yep. But they have everything to do with me getting my name out in the community. Yep. So it's right. sort of, I am practicing law every day. What I'm doing is, is I'm being a businessman every day. Yep. See, I'm a lawyer and a businessman. Yep. And as a businessman, you have to be out in the community. So that's my tip of the day. I'm a lawyer. Yeah. I do lawyer work, answer phone calls, emails as a lawyer. Yeah. But then I also make phone calls, emails, meet people, 
go to luncheons as a businessman slash lawyer. Yeah. So I, I'm wearing sort of many different hats. Uh, so how many hours a week do you think you're spending on this altogether? Is this uh, this is not this is not a forty hour a week job? Very clearly. No, it's it's all the time. Okay. I mean, I I can't even tell you because, I. When I'm not in the office, uh, phone calls do get redirected to my cell phone. Okay. Uh, I get emails at all time. Yeah. For example, I have clients that, will call me. On Saturday. Yep. So, I, I, there's really no set time. You know, it really is, you're always working. Especially when you own your own business. Yeah. It's, I am, I talk to a person and they goes, oh, who makes the, the accounting decisions? I do. Yeah. Uh, is there a secretary? I said, well, I am the secretary. Yeah. As I'm the secretary, receptionist, yeah. attorney, and accountant. So I have all of those hats. So I'm always doing something. I mean, yeah. there's a time during the, during the week mm-hmm. where I pay my bills. So I have to balance my office accounts pay my bills yep and that has nothing to do with practicing law but it takes time out of your day sure i have to do all that yeah save all the stubs because i have to file my income taxes is i have to uh, save all my losses so that maybe i could get maybe a tax refund or something so there's so many other things that i have to do yeah so my, my weeks are filled so what's your favorite part about running your own business Making my own decisions, picking what I want to do, picking the clients that I want. Uh, Although you have all of the stress and the burdens on your shoulder, Mm -hmm. because of what I just told you, everything is on on you. There's also that satisfaction that when I sign something, when I, when I signed the letter, it says the law office of Frank J. Materia on it, mm-hmm. and it's me. So it's my work. I'm creating something. I'm watching something being created. This is like my baby. Yeah. So something is being created. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm enjoying. Good. And what, what's your least favorite part? The not knowing. Uh, and what I mean by the not knowing... Is being an attorney, I can't, I can't solicit clients. I have to be out there like with all the social media, have a public address, have a number, have an email, have a website, but people have to come to me. So the only thing that it's a little frightening is the unknown of what's going to happen. Yeah. Because I could do everything right, mm-hmm. and it may not work out. Yeah. So that is the thing that, Business owners, I think, doesn't matter if you're a doctor or a lawyer, uh, you own your own fruit store, is the unknown whether your business is going to succeed. I mean, you could work very hard, yeah. do everything right, and it may not work out. Yeah. So that unknown is sometimes keeps me up at night. Um, I can fully understand that. Uh, what's one thing you wish you knew before you started your business? Uh, that's a very good question because the one thing I wish I knew, I would say, I mean, I, that's a tough question because I, I don't know if it's who I am, but I, I thought about this when I started my business, I thought about all the negativity about it. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I wish I would have known better would be maybe 
how to, I, I would say, try to run it. And as like, for example, the website, I have a website, but I don't know, maybe I could have saved money and not gotten a website for right away and maybe just done it word of mouth. Yeah. So those things, because what I, when I first started, I said, okay, I need to be out on social media. I need all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So clients come in. I learned a couple of months in, it's the handshaking, the meeting the people. Yeah. I guess that's something that I wish I would have known that it really just is you knowing people. No, people meet people, you know people, people refer people. That's really right. What it is. Maybe maybe that first website you had before you paid somebody right. might have been might have been right. good enough right. for the first right. year. Yeah. And the other thing I should know that you know, I used to do a lot of uh, lawyer networkings at yeah. first when I started, even when I was looking for work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm part of the New Jersey Bar Association. So they have like network night, young lawyers associations, like you could go network, have cocktails, cheese, crackers, yeah. and meet other lawyers. That's not bringing you any business <laughs> right. because lawyers are not going to give lawyers of the business. I mean, they may, but a lot of times they're going to keep it for themselves. Right. So I don't waste my time. Yeah. Especially spending sometimes $50, $100 for these things. Yeah. So I just spend most of the time doing regular people networking, you know, lay people network because they need lawyers. Lawyers usually don't need lawyers. Usually. Right. Usually. Um, any mentors? I do. I have, uh, I have a mentor who I met at Rotary. He's an attorney, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, his first name is Bill. So he's a winner Bill. so far, yeah. And you know he's been in business for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he owns his own law firm, a big law firm, uh, and I, I pick his brain from time to time. Mm-hmm. I, I say, "Hey, Bill, how do I? How would I do this? How am I doing with that?" And he goes, "Oh, Frank, you're doing everything right. That's you doing right, you know." Okay. And uh, we, and the one thing we talk about is billing, in the sense not like, "Oh, how much I should charge," but. Well, not, not like how much I charge. I like I I'm I just don't want to overcharge people. So I say I'm I'm doing this and that. He goes, oh, you're doing fine, Frank. You're doing great. Like he says, well, you, that's good. I would, you know, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. Or like I when I did my first commercial leasing, he did commercial leasing. He does it. Yeah. So I said, hey, Bill, I'm gonna I want to try. I want to adventure into do commercial leasing. And he's like, you should. I want you to. He goes, I'll give you some pointers. I'll give you a lease that I did. So you could use it as a framework of how you should write a commercial lease. So things of an age, he's been very, very good as a mentor that way. Because he's someone who's established. He's in his 60s. Mm-hmm. I'm not his competition. So right. he's, he's more, got his book of... of he's got, right. Yeah. So he's really very generous with his, for me picking his brain. And it's been very helpful. That's fantastic. So, all right. So what's the, what do you hope people say about your business? I want people to say... That, and I don't know if this sounds like egotistical, when somebody leaves here and the case is done or they meet me for the first time, that they say Frank is a, Frank is a, is a good attorney, he's an honest attorney, he's ethical, and he does great work. That's really important for me. Because my name, I'm just borrowing it from my family. So I don't want to tarnish my last name because mm-hmm. I share it with many other people. Yeah. So I like to go to bed at night. I like to sleep easy. I and I want to be known as a very ethical person. And I that's what I did. That's why I want people to leave my office saying that he's a good attorney who does very good work. And and that's what I want people to that that's what I want them when they leave here to, to know. Or feel. Yeah. Well I can't think of any better way to end than that. So I I want to thank you one more time, Frank. Uh, for being on the podcast this week. So Frank came from went from Brooklyn to Italy 
back to New Jersey. He went from biology to law. And now here we are in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. You can find Frank at materialaw.com, spelled like material, A-W.com. And uh, again, thank you all for listening, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks thank so you much. very much. Thank yep. you. Bye. That's it. Episode two is in the books. I hope you enjoyed it. For a link to Frank's webpage, as well as all of my guests' pages, you can check out my website, www.don'twaitleap.com. You can also follow us at Facebook and on Twitter at Don't Wait Leap. I hope you'll join me next week when I speak with Shari Beagleman of Zen Family Yoga in Ramsey, New Jersey. If you're listening to this early in the week, check out the Don't Wait Leap Facebook page for information on our NCAA Basketball Bracket Challenge. The winner gets the fantastic prize of a shout-out on a future episode. Have a great week, everyone. See you next time.